Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever you decide to listen to this episode. I'm your host, Jasmine, with Hardly Adulting. Another episode, I'm sorry guys, I've had a lot going on. <laughs> um, But, how's you guys been? How's your week been? Mine, it's been great. It's actually been pretty good. Business started up and running. Um, I've gotten some clients, brought in some revenue and some profit. Um, so that's my adulting. I don't have an adulting fail. So that's just my adulting for the week. Um, my beef, I don't really have any beefs. I'm trying to be positive this week. Oh, my beef is with meat because, well, or veganism. I don't know. I said to myself this week, oh, okay. You know, we're going to try some vegan meals. We're going to be a little bit more conscious about what we put in our bodies. And I still went to Wendy's and got a four for four. Um, But that's my business. Y'all mind your own business. Um, My dating life. Dating life is still non-existent. It it existed for a minute. um, But it's still non-existent. Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to keep hope alive, though. So... Um, but this week I had a special guest. Uh, her name is Bettina Applewhite. She is a nutritionist and we will get into her episode. Well, her interview now. I actually found you in the Bob Black Baltimore group. Oh, okay. I recommended you to someone else. And so... I was like, hmm. So I looked you up on Instagram and I've been following you ever since. Okay. Um, <laughs> so can you tell can you tell me about how you became a nutritionist? Like what motivated you to do that? Um, and how long you've been a nutritionist? Yes, I um am a dietitian because I love oh. food. Okay. <laughs> And uh, so you can call us nutritionists or dietitians, but um, that is almost interchangeable, but every nutritionist isn't a dietitian. So a dietitian has gone to school for uh, four years, plus done, completed a dietetic internship. Gotcha. In... um, a clinical setting in the hospital, they've had to complete so many hours of, of um, training on the job. Plus, there's continued education that we have to keep up with to maintain our license. So we have a license. I'm licensed in Maryland. And um, some states you don't have to have a separate license for, but Maryland you do. And, and so I'm licensed in Maryland. But anyone so not anyone can call themselves a dietitian but anybody can call themselves a nutritionist so if i read a lot of books you know about nutrition or just have a really strong opinion i can call myself a nutritionist but that doesn't mean i'm licensed gotcha see i don't i don't think a lot of people know that Yes, <laughs> and that needs to that needs to be shared. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think a lot of people knew that. I know, I know. I I majored in biology, and I really, I did definitely didn't know that. But 
Okay, so how did, like you said, food was one of your motivations to become yes, a, a dietitian. Yes, just like most, most people, I love to eat <laughs> and I love food. And I was just um, intrigued by the idea that what you eat can actually help or hinder your body. Right. So I love science as well. So this was a great way to get science and food together and it's called nutrition. So got you. So um like you say, what you eat can uh you know affect your body, your mood, your energy. Um I know for me, um food plays a big part in my energy, in my mood. Um but I think sometimes for me, I don't know what to eat. I don't know when to eat. I have trouble getting bored with food. Um, I'm always on the go. Um, so I know the food that I eat don't contribute positively to my mood and my energy. But can you just, um, I guess, talk about how important that is to be eating um to be eating the right foods for your you know your body's everyday uh use i guess right so especially for our community as you know black people we really have to make sure we're taking control of our health and um you know eating is one of those things that we can control uh, what we put into our body. There's a lot of things that we can't control, like our um, hereditary, you know, metabolic syndromes that may be passed down to us through our parents and grandparents. But, you know, how we eat can really help offset that, delay those things from coming. So you want to make sure that you're eating a balanced diet every day, that you're getting plenty of water that you're eating your fruits and vegetables and that you're staying active and getting sleep. A lot of people forget that sleep is actually a, a really big factor in, in your health. Like it helps with your immunity. It helps with your mood. Of course, for myself, I, if I don't get enough sleep, I, you know, don't turn into a pleasant person. So, so you want to make sure that um, you're getting enough sleep and that you're eating well too like you know it, it really plays a big factor in how you feel and like you said how much energy you have throughout the day as well um so so you said that your metabolic are you so you so earlier when you were explaining you said your metabolic um process or the rate that it processes is hereditary that's a real thing it's a real thing so so for sure, like, you know, for, especially for African-Americans, we have a higher prevalence of diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, right. and that has been passed down to us through generations. It is a real thing. Like even, you know, like our makeup, our body makeup um, as well. So there is some um, environment, versus you know um i forget the term but 
what you can't control. Right. So the point is to control as much as you can. So yes, there is this thing that, you know, unfortunately is working against us for all these metabolic diseases that are just being passed down. So we have to do what we can to, like I said, offset those things from coming on period, or at least at best delaying the onset of some of these things. Right. So there's a clear, uh, I would say there's a clear difference in the foods that, you know, our grandparents, great grandparents, great, great, great grandparents were eating. However, in most communities still, they weren't eating healthy. So what I guess what I'm asking is, I've, I've always found it interesting how I've heard stories of even my great grandmother, her diet was horrible, but she lived to be like almost 80 years old. So it's like, I guess nowadays with everything being so processed and, um, it's a major difference, but it's like people say you have to eat like this to live longer. But my, I'm telling you, my grandma has a horrible diet, and she. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I guess that's the thing. Like, what, what would you, what do you think is like the difference in that? I guess. So it's a lot of differences in like how they were living a hundred years ago, sixty years ago, versus what we're doing now. Um, we're really sedentary and dependent upon, you know, all these technological advances, which makes it easier for us to get food, um, not have to physically work hard for that food or for lots of other things. You know, a hundred years ago, a lot of people had gardens or you had to walk to the grocery store and now, you know, we drive everywhere or we take public transit everywhere. Um, so our lifestyle is more sedentary. There's more in, things to entertain us on television than it was back in the day. So there were, you know, times where we would figure out what's how to be active in like our everyday um, life back then, but now we're not doing that. And of course with our food is changing as well. Like we have, with the advances come great ways for the food to preserve longer but of course with that becomes there's the side effects of that right uh, by making you know bringing carcinogenic items to the foods um you know i remember when i i stopped buying oh. loaves of bread because i would never eat the loaf Right. fast enough and it would spoil now i can have a loaf of bread for <laughs> weeks and i'm like this is not really <laughs> it's not natural so and and it's not something that they have like advertised it's something that's better for them because if it can stay on the shelves longer you know it they can make more they can sell it they don't have to worry about waste so all of that plays into the factor of, you know, we think we're eating better because we're eating more fruits and vegetables. We're trying our best to be active, but uh, the preservatives and everything else that's in our food that we kind of don't have control over 
is um, also working against us. Right. Oh my gosh. I can't believe this thing keeps popping up. Um, so, as everyone knows, unless it's over and I just haven't gotten a memo, um, COVID has been a real thing. We've been in a, a real pandemic. And in the beginning, you know, it was underlying. If you already had an underlying illness or some type, or your um, your immune system was already comp compromised, or if you were older, then you had a bigger chance of catching the uh, the virus, and then the virus, I guess getting worse within you as opposed to someone that's health, that was healthier. Um, but now it's people under 35 that are, I guess the numbers are going up in that age group under 35. So can you, uh, I guess, um, asking, so the diet that you should be eating right now like, what should that consist of and how important is to, even if you're under 35 or under 21, to maintain a good diet, especially right now, um, to prevent uh, the chances of getting COVID? So, I don't know if there's a specific diet that will help you not catch COVID, but there's a general... A consensus of healthy eating and making sure that you are getting your right nutrients to help your immune system, you know, fight it off if you were to catch um, the coronavirus. You, of course, want to, like I said, eat lots of fruits and vegetables and drink plenty of water. Usually the recommendation is around two liters of water a day, which seems like a lot, but once you start gradually increasing your water intake, it, your body will thank you for it. But that um, really just lots of fruits and vegetables. There are some um, to be that believe that omega-3s, so they're found in your fatty fish, like salmon uh -huh. and mackerel, will help with immunity as well. So, um, at least two servings of that fish gotcha. a week will help. And if you can't get like salmon in, you can get some supplements for omega-3s. Just make sure that they have DHA and EHA in that uh, supplement because that's what you need to help fight with the, uh, build your immunity. Gotcha. So with new diet, you know, with that, what do you feel as a dietitian? How do you feel about like the trendy diets, like keto, uh, vegan? Uh, although it's not trend, it has become more trendy than what it was. Um, mm -hmm. And those types of diets. Um, what, what's your opinion on those? So. I am like a realistic type dietitian, so I'm not like the person that's gonna tell you to only eat like the berries as they are falling naturally off <laughs> their branches. But 
<laughs> so I understand that the struggle can definitely be real and you have to figure out what's going to work for your lifestyle. Um, some diets I'm not the biggest fan of because I'm fearful of the long-term effects, like the keto diet or, you know, diets that are so high in fat, even though everyone is saying, oh, they're good fats though, but it's still fat. <laughs> um, but I believe that you can do um, some different diets that will jumpstart your process specifically for a healthy lifestyle. So if you need a cold turkey type of uh, diet that's going to help you to build a lifestyle change, then great, go for it. But if you're looking for a quick fix that I just want to like lose this 10 pounds in a week and be done with it, that's not going to work. <laughs> because one, that's a really unhealthy way to... Um, lose so much weight in such a short period of time and more than likely you're just going to regain that back and that yo-yo effect of gaining and losing is not healthy for your body uh, weight loss is actually a stress for your body um, a lot of times it's something that a stress that we want because weight loss 10 percent or to 15 percent according to where you are and what your BMI is, will drastically help with your cholesterol levels, with um, reducing your A1C and your um, blood glucose levels to a healthier range. So there's so many great side effects that go along with weight loss that it's a stress that is desired a lot of times, but it is a stress. So you don't want to you know, go about it lightly either. So going back to your question, there, there's not one diet that fits all. It's, again, according to your lifestyle, your taste preferences, I um, try to try out some of these fad diets just so that way I know what's going on and what's right. the struggle. Um, and I've done keto before. And I didn't, one, I didn't like it because of the high fat content and it was, I wanted my vegetables. Right. So, <laughs> so again, it's, it's based on what is good for your lifestyle, your taste preferences and what you're starting off with. Gotcha. So I, I do have a question about the paleo diet. Is that diet... Because it's supposed to be designed, I guess, behind man's first creation or something like that. And before they had grains and stuff like that. Um, but is that even, is that diet something that you can even follow because of the process, how processed things have evolved? So you can follow it. You have to, you know, take a lot of effort to find these items. And that's part of the struggle with like that diet and some other diets, like even a, a, a vegan lifestyle sometimes can be um, hard to follow if you eat out a lot and you're not living in California where right. you know veganism is everywhere and there's multiple restaurants and options on every restaurant right. you know, menu. Um, 
but again paleo is something that is it's it sounds good it's you know it's it's natural <laughs> in right. the sense but um I, I think, especially if you're looking for just a balanced diet, making sure that you have whole grains in your diet. So if you're just simply choosing brown rice or wild rice over uh, white rice or, you, you know, wheat, whole wheat bread over white bread, just uh, getting your fruits and your vegetables in and making sure you have a variety. Like you were saying before, that you're on the go a lot. So you don't eat the way you think you should. Um, it's one of those things where you really have to plan ahead. It's, it's a lot of planning. You don't, your health doesn't come to you by accident. You actually have to like plan for it. And, you know. Um, do you think, so do you think, well, what what's your opinion on changing your diet i know for some it can but what do you think about changing your diet will uh alleviate the use of medication um is that something that's real or is it just depends on the situation in general it depends on the situation but it's very very real like that's the like the reason why I became a dietitian and that's what you want more so than, you know, having to rely on um, medications, especially with, say for instance, diabetes. Diabetes is a progressive disease, um, which meaning by the end of the uh, process, you may have to be on medication, but for a long time you don't have to be on medication to control your blood sugars you can uh, eat a consistent carbohydrate diet you can lose weight you can build muscle muscle uses um, your glucose much better than fat does there's so many things that you can do to help control these um, diseases through food and through nutrition so it can for sure be controlled through your diet. And that's something that even the doctors will uh, recognize because when they you come into their office and they tell you you have prediabetes or you have a slightly high cholesterol or slightly high blood pressure, the first thing they do is tell you to change your diet before they tell you to get on medication. So that's the reason you know, while you do it and you can change your diet. And again, it take it does take effort. Like I always tell the story of when I went from like 2% milk to skim milk. And when I started with 2% milk, um, I found out of course that skim milk has less fat. So it's healthier for you, less calories. And that fat is saturated fat. So that's the fat that's bad for you, that is, you know, working against your heart. So I went to the grocery store and bought skim milk, poured it over my cereal and was like, this is water. Why is anybody in the world drinking this? And because I'm cheap, I 
kept drinking it instead of just pouring it out and buying <laughs> more milk. And when I went back to the grocery store, I was like, okay, I didn't like, you know, die from drinking this skim milk. So I bought another carton of the skim milk instead of the 2%. And I think it took me like maybe two or three trips to the grocery store before I was like, okay, I've adjusted my taste buds. I've adjusted, you know, my um, desire for the 2% versus right. uh, skim milk. And now if I have anything thicker than skim milk, I'm like, oh, this is cream. This is too much. So it's again, it's one of those things where you, you consciously make a decision on what's important and you slowly adjust your taste buds. One of the things that people do that sets them up um, to relapse is that they do too much too fast. Right. So if this is one of those things where, like especially if it's for um, a reason for a disease or a reason for a lifestyle change, you want to say, okay, well, this week, this is my goal. This is what I want to do. You want to make smart goals and they are specific. They're measurable. They are um, achievable and they're realistic and they're uh, timed. So you want to make sure that you're making goals that say, okay, when I go to the grocery store, I'm going to buy the skim milk and I'm going to, you know, drink, finish that. And I'll do that for this month. And then, you know, the next month you do something different. Um, but you want to make sure that you have some realistic goals for you and that you're making those changes and you can make those changes and then it'll come to you naturally. Like I said, I can use 2% now for my coffee. Yeah, that's true. So, um... I know, like I said earlier, I know I don't eat well. However, I also um, have been diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And I know that a lot of other people around my age, or not even millennials for that matter, um, struggle with anxiety and depression. Um, can you just, I guess, give a, what kind of like foods would you suggest someone who is struggling with um, mood disorders or you know depression uh, to bring up the chemicals in their um, their brain, I guess. So the brain is made mostly of fat, and you there's been some studies that say omega three, specifically the DHA and the EHA, um, will help with mood. It's like as a mood stabilizer. And the thought is that you have, um, you surround your brain, you have enough uh, of those EHA and DHA in your body that you can help your brain, do, you know, maintain its, its levels that way. So the best ways to get in that EHA and DHA is through your fatty fish, like your tuna, salmon, mackerel, sardines. These are some foods that people don't necessarily like. Salmon is more um, prevalent and you can find that easily. I don't know how many people are really having that um, two servings a week, but it's recommended to have about 250 milligrams of the EHA and DHA 
a day. So if you can't get in your salmon twice a week, at least get uh, a supplement with omega-3s, making sure that it has EHA and DHA in it as well. It'll help uh, stabilize the mood. It'll help, it helps with uh, cognitive decline, um, suppressing that some or delaying that as well. Also having lots of fruit and vegetables and making sure you get a variety, your vitamin C, your vitamin D, um, also is helps with mood. Vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin. So you can find that in milk. And I know that whole milk says is like labeled vitamin D, but all milk has vitamin D in it. It's just a marketing tactic. But, um, and studies have proven that most people are very low in vitamin D. So um, getting about a thousand IUs of vitamin D a day. So if you again had a supplement of vitamin D, that will help with your mood as well. So if speaking on mood, if you had to take any supplements besides a multivitamin, I would go with the omega-3 and the vitamin D to help with the mood. And to uh, for food sources, making sure that you're getting in those fruits, lots of variety of fruits and vegetables, lots of variety of of your lean meats and your olive oils, your monounsaturated fats, as, as well as um, drinking lots of water and getting enough sleep. Those things in combination should help with the moods along with any medications that you may have to uh, be prescribed or anything like that. Okay, gotcha. And, and I also wanted to say, um, I see on your page, you um, cook some, the stuff that you have on your page really do be looking good. Um, <laughs> I know that for people who don't cook or who don't cook, you know, or don't cook often, sometimes it can get boring. And how do you recommend finding different things or new ways to cook things to make you want to continue to be healthy. So I'm glad that you, you know, fo are following my page. Some of the things I cook are really, you know, out there. I have some time during quarantine, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, on a usual basis, I follow other like bloggers and dietitians and people who love to cook. And I, look up recipes on Pinterest and in cookbooks and on social media, that's just a great way to not get bored with food items or like just finding a new seasoning. Sometimes you can take the exact same food like salmon, like green beans, and instead of seasoning it with salt and pepper, you season your salmon with sriracha and honey, you okay. know, or you do like, um, Dijon mustard and dill, you know, for salmon. And then you try uh, lemon and maple syrup, you know, um, and this is just all salmon. So again, you can take the same thing and try different seasonings with it. Um, experiment in the kitchen, especially if I'm all for experimenting 
especially if it's something that's not expensive. If it's an expensive item, then I'm going to find a recipe. But if it's something that I can afford to like, oh, this is really terrible. I'm going to have to throw this out and just have a salad. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, but one of the techniques I use to help me experiment in the kitchen is I have a lot of spices. So I will, if I don't know exactly what I want to do, I'll smell the spices to see if that's a taste that I want to have at that time. Gotcha. Or if I think that will go well together with this. So, you know, all the spices have a, a scent. So just smell it. And if that doesn't smell right to you, then just move on to the next spice. But that's one way to um, really not get bored, follow um, recipes, follow people who are making recipes you know, and sharing those recipes and then experiment yourself. You don't have to always like try something, a new protein or necessarily a, a new vegetable, but that's also a great way to um, just try something different. Like that star fruit, what does it really taste like? Most people see it and then they just ignore it. Right. I know I <laughs> <laughs> Right. You know, what is this dragon fruit? What is, I don't know. but you won't know until you actually just try it. So, and I always say, before you say, I just don't like something, try it a couple of different ways, prepare it a couple of different ways and then say, okay, I really don't like this. Okay. So can, uh, they got the question I was about to ask. Wow, I really just forgot the question I was about to ask. That's right. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so, where um, can people find you on social media? Um, YouTube. I know you have a YouTube channel. I do. I have a YouTube channel uh, called Bites with Apple White, and that is also my Instagram handle, Bites with Apple White. And they can also find some great recipes and some foodie adventures at um, www.biteswithapplewhite.com. It's a great way, like we were just talking about, finding some new recipes to try out so you won't get bored. Right. Um, and we could just talk about different, you know, um, adventures, different foods we can try out. I recently talked about dragon fruit and how to even open it and cut it and then um, how to use it in a recipe. So, Oh, I know what I was going to ask. Can, if you have a slow metabolism, can food speed it up? Like, can it be re, like sped up? So it's, your metabolism can't necessarily be sped up by um, food, but it can be increased or improved through like some lifestyle changes like exercise and getting enough sleep, but not necessarily through food. If, if you um, 
are noticing that all of a sudden you have gained a lot of weight or you have lost a lot of weight, you may want to get your thyroid checked um, by the doctor. And that may have something to do with how your um, metabolism is working. Okay. Other than that, it's, it's really, um, you know, really that exercise and that sleep that helps with your metabolism and getting the most you can out of that. And, and I know a lot of people, especially young women, are often hesitant of using like resistance training as in lifting weights right. and because they're afraid of bulking up and getting like, you know, unfeminine. Right. <laughs> but that's, it takes a lot of work to get to that phase. And most people aren't doing that. Like you are waking up in the middle of the night to have a chicken breast to get, <laughs> you know, to get bulked up like that. But um, muscle burns calories a lot faster, a lot more than um, fat. So when I am like, oh, I'm really, I really want to eat everything <laughs> and I don't want to have the effects of gaining weight from eating everything. I'm like, okay, it's time to go to this gym and lift heavy. So, <laughs> because I want that um, muscle. That's the reason why I want to lift weights is so I can eat whatever I want to eat. <laughs> right, right. So, um, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for coming on. What was your name again for everyone? I don't even think I introduced you. I'm sorry. I was having technical difficulties. Um, difficulties this morning. So I am Bettina Applewhite, a registered and licensed dietitian, foodie, um, and school nutrition specialist. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so you work with... In you work in schools with kids, correct? Correct. So who chose the um the lunch uh diet for um schools? Cause it's is that really healthy? Like it, so, it can't be. It is. So let me <laughs> displace the um the misnomer of school nutrition. So the school nutrition is based off of the United States dietary guidelines and which is whole grains, fruits and veggies, uh, having beans throughout the week, your multicolor vegetables. That is what the USDA guidelines are for school lunch and so what, so what was michelle obama doing when she she was promoting health That's what happened so before michelle obama came you know you could have twinkies and everything else for school lunch and michelle obama came and said no thank you let's make this a little bit healthier and so the unfortunate thing that happened is that um schools were forced to follow those guidelines, but it wasn't necessary that the students were used to following that. So what they did was try to just take the same foods and make it fit the guidelines. So it was like pizza, but now we got pizza with whole grain crust. 
and now we have chicken nuggets with whole grain breading. <laughs> oh wow! I know, I know what school lunch used to be when I was in high school, and I was like, this can't be. No, that's that's not the same. <laughs> right? I'm like, this can't be what <laughs> we're supposed to be eating to get us through eight hours. This can't be it. Um, so now there's a lot more guidelines. Like we have to serve um red and green vegetables and beans every week and you have to serve this many servings of this and that um the milk has to be non-fat the you know grains have to be whole the salt requirements are lessened and fat requirements are lessened so no more funnel cakes at school <laughs> oh wow <laughs> but yeah you know I remember growing up and having, I'm also from the South, so I remember school lunch. I loved Fridays because they would have fried catfish. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, nah, they weren't having that here. They're not, oh. they're not having that anymore. <laughs> fried catfish don't sound bad on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have that in college, but. Yes. Uh, uh, okay. Well, thank you again. Um, anything else you want to let everyone know about that you have happening or that you wanted to share? Um, I can't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. sure everybody's staying healthy out there and that you are getting a variety of your fruits and your vegetables. Try something new. Try something old in a new way so that way you can continue on your path of health and success. Right. Well, um, thank you again uh, for being a guest. Thank you for your time. 